0: Chapter 13 of the Red Cross Girls with the Italian Army. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Gardner. The Red Cross Girls with the Italian Army by Margaret Vandercook. Chapter 13 Dangerous Popularity instead of living at her italian villa in peace and loneliness as she had anticipated as time passed on sonia Valesky found her home becoming more and more a centre of a group of interested and interesting acquaintances Sonya was a rarely charming woman possessing a wonderful gift as a hostess the ability to make other people talk without talking a great deal herself then too she was very beautiful and as she had refused to tell anything of her past history to her italian acquaintances a gentle air of mystery surrounded her, which is always alluring. However, a great many of Sonya's new friends developed through the increasing intimacy of Eugenio Zoli with the tenants occupying his own and his brother's home. Eugenio had seen Dr. Latham in regard to returning immediately to the Italian front, but the American physician's verdict had been the same as his own Italian physician's. Eugenio was not to be in too much of a hurry. Give himself time, and he would be all right for service again. A soldier in the aviation service must always be at his best both in body and mind. Unlike other soldiers, he had only his own judgment and his own initiative to depend upon while at his work. As a matter of fact, Eugenio Zoli was a captain of aviation for the Italian government. Already on several occasions he had distinguished himself and been rapidly promoted, until now he was considered one of the most talented and daring men in the aerial squadron. Therefore the young man was naturally impatient over his long inaction had he been seriously invalided, he might have regarded the matter differently but to feel almost entirely well to be able to go about his ordinary affairs and yet not permitted to get back to the line was tremendously irksome for nona davis was right in her observation however little in earnest eugenio zoli might appear to be about many of the other circumstances of life he was tremendously in earnest about his work as a soldier he proved this to himself in these passing weeks by his inability to feel the deep interest in his art, which he had felt before Italy's entrance into the war. It was true, he went to his studio nearly every day for a time, attempting to get back into serious work, but after a few hours he was more than apt to give up, and whenever he felt it possible, stopped by for a call at the Villa Felice. Moreover, he did not always make his calls alone. A number of soldiers, friends of Eugenio's, were also on leave of absence in Florence, And these friends Eugenio got into the habit of taking to Sonia's to tea. Many of their own Italian friends were extremely depressed by the war. Most of them were actually too poor to be able to offer even the simple hospitality of tea, except on stated occasions. So it was pleasant to find a home always open and agreeable, with a charming woman as a hostess, and more often than not several pretty girls willing, and even more than willing, to make themselves attractive. So the guests introduced by Eugenio were afterwards apt to return to Sonia's alone. And, although Sonia was secretly amused by the difference between her own plan for a quiet summer and the way fate had changed the arrangement for her, she acquiesced with entire good nature. For one thing, Nona was with her a good part of the time, and the three other Red Cross girls who had crossed with them whenever they were free from their hospital work. And, of course, the American girls were naturally interested in the young Italian soldiers, whom they were not nursing just at present, although there was always the possibility that they might be at their mercy later on. Then Bianca was always there. It was difficult to guess how much the young men guests interested her as she was so quiet. But then Bianca always managed to be most becomingly dressed and to make a charming picture of herself, either consciously or unconsciously. It was true that the young soldiers usually talked upon subjects outside her knowledge, for most of their conversation was with regard to the war, as it was being fought all over Europe but more especially at the Italian front, where the preparations for the long-expected assault were now almost completed. So closely had the American Red Cross girls been in touch with the war, through their nursing, that they could not fail to be interested and also to have opinions of their own to express. There were times when Sonya actually felt sorry for Bianca, so set apart did the little Italian girl seem from the other young people. This was not only because she was younger, but because she was evidently so ignorant of the entire war situation. Nanina had allowed her to do nothing to help the war cause except to sew, but Sonya observed that Bianca always managed to have her knitting or some piece of Red Cross sewing in her hands when the young Italian soldiers were present. However, Sonya's guests were by no means young men only. The Italian country people in the neighborhood called upon her and seemed to like her very much. There was also the Princess Carnia, whom Eugenio Zoli had introduced among his first friends. He had been a guest at her house for a time. But insisting he was imposing upon her kindness, had afterwards gone to board with acquaintances living in the same neighborhood. As a matter of fact, when Eugenio was not at Sonya's at tea time, he was usually with the princess. She was an American girl, as he had once explained to Nona, and an old friend. They also came to Sonya's together occasionally. Yet it was just possible that the princess was a little annoyed by Sonya's popularity. She was very young and fond of society, and her home had no rival until Sonya rented the villa moreover the princess had no other american girl except herself to offer as an attraction while Sonya might have any number from one to four nona davis however was not present at all the informal tea parties for as soon as she had rested and grown a little stronger she began going back to florence to work at the hospital during the day and as a special favor was allowed to return to Sonya at night sometimes it so happened that she was able to get back to the villa felice before all the guests had departed if the work at the hospital chanced to be a little lighter than usual. But one evening she drove back from Florence to Sonia's house, nearly an hour later than was customary with her. She had been detained to assist at a difficult operation. It was already dusk as she passed by the now familiar landscape. Looking back, Florence was a grey city of classic shadows, while closer by the countryside was dim and sweet. Nona lay back in her ancient carriage, relaxing as completely as possible, It was the only way in which one could do the strenuous work which nursing required, by learning to give up completely when the actual strain was removed. But Nona was congratulating herself that Sonya's everlasting group of Italian admirers must have departed that afternoon before her own return, for neither physically nor mentally did she feel in the humour for being even civil to strange visitors. She wanted nothing so much as a bath and a bed and a book, and Sonya to come up after dinner to talk to her and tell her what had happened at the villa during the day whether eugenio had been there and if he had left a message for her it was with relief that nona discovered the piazza at the villa was for once empty but as she went up the steps she could hear the sound of the piano from the drawing-room nona knew that sonia often played to carlo at this hour in the morning they studied music together but carlo would never play if he supposed anyone near he knew something of the piano of course having learned to accompany his own songs but only in a halting fashion before he had devoted all his energy and his passion to his singing but it was lovely to hear Sonya, and nona felt just what she was in the mood for at this time so she slipped quietly into the half-darkened room hoping that no one would be disturbed by her entrance Sonya did not stop playing nor turn around she had on a soft old white muslin which fitted her figure with peculiar elegance which was so characteristic of her and which the red cross girls had at once noticed in their first meeting more than two years before sonia was playing from memory her head with its closely coiled hair now iron gray with the odd streak of pure white across the front was thrown a little back since in this way she was less conscious of her audience carlo nevera who was in his wheelchair, had been placed in such a position that he could look directly at sonia bianca was not far away but sitting beside someone whom nona was surprised to see but at once eugenio zoli got up and directed nona to a place on the sofa where he had been seated I'm going to be here for dinner, and I wanted particularly to see you. You will see me for a little while alone. Nona nodded agreement. Then, after Sonya had finished playing, she went upstairs and dressed for dinner, forgetting how tired she had been a short time before. End of chapter 13. Recording by Sarah Gardner.